This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. I keep observation of the ancients. I'm not anxious. I'm so patient. Look at me. I'm levitating, floating on this ocean of emotion like I'm ice skating. Pictures be like Nikon, King Kong, Saigon. Might want to leave for your lights off. Might want to turn on your brights off. Because evil's deceitful when demons reside in cathedrals. Watch them shine on. Resident Evil residing in people I thought was my people's. They pythons. Pythons, pythons. Not the type to rely on, but the type to keep eyes on. See through the high nylon, high let bygones just bygone. Thinking in silicon boobies and booties and Gucci and Louis from Taiwan. Man, people are fake, man, people are snakes. Ask me how I'm doing, I proceed to tell a man, man, I'm great, great. Look at me clearing my plate. Mmm, delicious. These haters, they dirty dishes, watch them pile up. I just keep my distance, pay them no attention. I just keep my cool, I'm so air conditioned, never give a mention. Who? They so fake ID, never get it, mittens. Watch nah. me flow, watch me flow, 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 no flow, flow, no flow, watch me flow, 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 no Matrix D, you so make believe, you so Maybelline, you ain't facing me. The world is my ocean, I'm floating, I'm coasting, my focus is out, so heavenly. Won't be ruled by emotion, you shame say my ocean, you peasants, so never unsettle me. Higher the levels be, higher the devils be. I'm watching real carefully all of my enemies, saying they care for me, you never care for me. Watch me fly. Watch me. 
Welcome back to the Piper Carter podcast. You are listening to Piper Carter and our token millennial, Brittany. Piper, what's up? So how was your week, Brittany? It was good. It was a good week. What did you do? Um, well, work, work that pays the bills has been banging okay. lately. People... Want a that lot means of, that uh, things are going up in the elevator. They business. are going up. So I've been putting, I would say, at the moment, my brain is 50% that and then 50% getting ready for the tasting. So that's really it. Okay, <clears> what's the date of the tasting again? The 28th next Sunday. Wow. Ooh, it's here. What time? Three to six. Three to six. Okay. Well, the food, two, it, you can come at 2.30, but it's the food is going to get served at three. I'm doing it like a like a course meal kind of thing but it's not a oh, course meal but fancy not even okay it's already be fancy no what was up with you this week wait wait we gotta finish talking about this opening where is it again oh no you don't want people it's, just randomly showing up sterling <laughs> heights we'll just give the city sterling it's, heights it's in st Clair shores st so Clair shores one of my customers from the elevator industry was like i heard you make pizza from this other guy that yeah. runs this bar and i was like well yeah and he's like well if you ever need anything let me know okay and so i called him i'm like hey remember that one time you said if i ever yeah. need anything pizza related what did he's he like, say he's like yeah that's oh cool. wonderful so that's he's opening beautiful. up his kitchen to me. Shout out to Bernard. Wow. Yeah, Shout out to Bernard. That. Yeah. So that's why I aspire for free. But that's free. worth doing like, mm, like maybe like five cartwheels. I know. That's what's up. He's like, I did a dry run in his kitchen just to, you know, when? get comfortable. I did that maybe three weeks ago. How'd that go? It went really well. Like, yeah. he has one guy, reminded me in New York, kind of. He has one guy uh, that works the kitchen seven days a week. Whoa. That's a lot of work. And it's basically his kitchen because there's no other person there. Mm. Like, so he was so helpful. Like, just taste, he tasted all the food. Okay. His job was the taster. That day, yeah. Uh-huh. I was like basically crowding his space, but yeah. I was trying. Now, not- how was he tasted? Was he like, mmm, ah. A little oh. bit. He was like the nicest guy ever, but I was like, so I was like telling him, like, I need you to be mean for like an hour. Okay, so then he was taste like, mm-mm, no. <laughs> no, he uh, he was very kind. He he gave me little pointers here and there on like Wonderful. every little thing. Like mm-hmm. the little things that like I love. Like, like so. put truffles in olives. Or... A half or less tablespoon or more tablespoon Wonderful. of this. Of like, this is awesome. It was dope. Like, he was super cool. So I'm excited. I'm really, really excited to get, like, people's feedback. Like, I have to, like, you were just talking about downstairs, like, working on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I hate, I've always hated criticism. Always. Criticism? But Maybe even like it as critique. Critique. I've always, just to be real vulnerable, like, I've always. No I told, one likes critique. I, I told you. My mom was an English teacher, and I would mm-hmm. never let her read my papers because I felt that that would be me being less of a person for me needing help. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, I've always dived deep into peop- accepting people's criticism because I've always not liked it. So, now mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. So, I'm like, I've done a 180. Like, okay. And sometimes, even the stuff that, like, because a lot of it is, is work, like you were saying downstairs, working on yourself is the hardest thing it is to do and you so, gotta dig up in there yeah you gotta dig into yourself and then like sometimes it's really difficult and like let's say like you're not having like a good week or you're not having a good day mm-hmm. or like 
like right now is Mercury retrograde, right? Mm-hmm. And just it might not be your month, or it might, <laughs> or like you might have been really doing something really, 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 really well, mm-hmm. and then when you get to the next level, like there's like that learning curve, yeah. and it's like, man, like I want to excel at this thing, but I got to get through whatever this is, and then that part can be like really, really tough because you don't know how long that stage is gonna last because it might be like it might be like what could feel like a long time and while that's going on you want to really work to not be comparing yourself to other people so hard however the universe is showing you all these other people (laughs) that are winning and you just have to like focus and tell yourself like i don't have an ego i'm okay Mm. i'm fine i'm doing great and that is like, re- like, let's be real transparent about something. Like sometimes it could be really difficult when you've been like working on something and then someone just whizzes by and they're like 10 times better than you or <laughs> five times cheaper and then mm. more shinier and all this other stuff. And then you're just looking at it like, no, <laughs> but you just have to tell yourself like, you know what? I am like a snowflake or like a star in the sky. There is only one of me. Mm. And out of bill, no, trillions? I think so. And I'm unique and I'm me. And there might be some who are similar and I might be similar to some and some might be better than me. And there has to be a point where it's like, and that's okay. That's so true. That's who they are. They are. And and the elevated self will say, wow, they are better than me. Mm. That's amazing. And celebrate them. And like mm-hmm. really mean it. Not be looking at them like, <laughs> you know, you can't have that. Just be like, wow, they are. They're amazing. And just really be happy for them yeah i agree you know and then also just look at yourself like well and then just look at yourself like hmm i could either right because there's because there's levels to it right yeah like i could either be better that's a choice do i want to choose to work on that and like just be better that i could do that that means i gotta work on that i gotta do that work i gotta go through that and that's a process i could either look at it and be like hmm they got that they doing that real well. Oh, I don't even need to be doing that. They do that awesome. Wonderful. Or you can look at it and just be like, and just appreciate mm. what they are and then appreciate what you are. And the more and more and more that you move towards just gratitude and appreciation, it sounds so hokey, but in the real world and in the world of fairies, but like in the real world. In the world of fairies too, right? Yeah. It's important to just, your heart has to be light. You know, they say, you know, so ma'at, mm. your heart is light as a feather. Mm, that's real. You know, and it's just important for your heart to be light as a feather. For you to wish <laughs> really and truly and honestly wish well for others. Not that wish well, like, mm, I wish her well. Mm. <laughs> Not that, you know. Just really wish well. And at the same time, just honor that everything isn't for everyone. And sometimes 
you know, like people can be really phenomenal at things and then they're not at others. And then there's different levels in between. So So many. The more and more and more that we just learn to like let go, the happier we'll be and the more healthy we'll be. For real, for real. Because sometimes, you know, comparing oneself, that can create like such a mental illness. That can create such, you know, I see, you know, for, I mean, and there's many other reasons. I see so many people talking about um, depression and mental illness. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting Um, you know, some of it's chemical, meaning like just your natural body chemistry mixed with, you know, not eating properly, not getting the the right nutrition, not drinking enough water, not getting enough exercising, not getting enough oxygen, you know, um, not getting enough sleep. Um, and then, you know, people have various illnesses and diseases that can cause mental, um, you know, like illnesses and diseases and things, um, and, and, and depression. Um, obviously outside of your own body circumstances, like, you know, deaths, um, or, um, Mm -hmm. losing the job or, um, you know, just getting hurt or, um, different forms of loss, you know, uh, whether it be material or whatever. And, you know, many times people just might be born with a mental, you know, um, like a, 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 a neuro- neurological um, setup. I don't want to say disorder because that's what like Western medicine calls things are disorders. But I would say sometimes the way people's neurological um, system is set up um, is to where, you know, it might take some different practices to recalibrate a person's neurological system. Meaning, you know, we're of the universe, we're of different elements like metal, you know, water, you know, and all these different, you know, elements. And as we're rotating through the planets, like there's that energy that just naturally occurs. But then with all of this pollution and all these other metals and all these frequencies and waves and all this stuff that's going on, you know, a lot of that stuff is waste. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. energy waste. And we pick up on that stuff. That's so true. We tap into those frequencies. So there's some of that going on. There's definitely poisons in the food hormones and all types of stuff and then just in general um if if a person's diet isn't you know whole and complete with whole foods whole fruits whole vegetables you know if Mm -hmm. people aren't eating enough raw foods in their diet then you know they're not getting enough of the nutrients if they're not drinking enough water you know, there's just all these things. If people don't go to the bathroom as frequently enough as they should. If True. people are in really terrible relationships, sometimes you can't control relationships. Like, sometimes you're born into relationships, right? That's like sometimes true. Sometimes your parents or your sisters or brothers or your family or your cousins. And then people don't understand how to get out of these relationships or don't understand how to manage the relationships or don't understand how to manage themselves in relationships. Sometimes they get self 
into relationships, right? Sometimes, you know, incarceration, abuse. There's just so much that can impact your mental health. Shoot, drinking soda, candy, too much sugar, too much caffeine. Um, you know, there's just all these things that could just mess with your body chemistry and mess with your neurons and mess with, you know, your frequencies to where, you know, if, if we're not practicing doing things in a way that realign us, and you know, some people use, you know, crystals and different gemstones and, you know, food energy and getting Mm -hmm. by the water and vacationing and, you know, getting rid of toxic relationships you know, there's so much that sometimes, especially if you live in, especially in 2019 with all this media and social media, there's just so much. There is a lot. There's a lot. And I just see all the time. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm like, wow. What was funny is, is, <clears throat> I heard the Logic song like the what a couple years ago. Not to digress too much, but like the one eight hundred suicide, and it like made me Whoa. cry because it was such a great song. But then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, there's a thin line in being open and honest about mental health and things that are going on because it's been suppressed for so long, right? But then it's like what so here I digress again so the metaphor I'm using a metaphor that Soulja Boy said Nas is the one that killed hip-hop by saying hip-hop was dead mm-hmm. do you get do you see what I'm saying yeah so we have to be careful does art imitate life or does life yes imitate art? right and so we have to be careful with our words we use is you know what we say you know like when people say don't say you're sick Say you're getting better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So speak it into We existence. have to be honest with ourselves, right? Definitely. I've, I've learned that I can't say nothing's wrong with me. Right. I, everything's okay. No, mm-hmm. I have, like you said downstairs, about working on self. The first part of the process is to say, I'm a drunk. I like to drink. But to say that emphatically and to stop there, or maybe not even say, I'm a drunk. I have, I, I like to drink. And me drinking this much is getting in certain parts of my life that I don't want it to get into. So I have to deal with it. It starts there, but it's not, I'm a drunk. I'm a drunk. Hey, I'm just a drunk, you know, or do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. We have as to be an example. Ca- yeah. We have mm-hmm. to be careful. There, we, we, have to, we, to yeah, we have to acknowledge and change. But then after that, you know, there's a, in between that change and acknowledgement, there's a right way to do it. That's I mean, I we're all energy. Everything yeah. on this planet is energy. We're moving. We're sharing frequencies. Everyone's sharing frequencies with one another. Yeah. That's the reason you go into a room and you can feel the energy of the people in the room. Yeah. Um, and the room can change depending on who's in that room. And you can even notice. Those are real. And the more you become aligned with yourself, you notice how you decide to walk into a room will affect it. Yeah. Right? I mean, to for people who don't want to get all in fairyland, like you just said, if you play blackjacks, there are people who decide not to join in the game because they know that their presence is going to possibly mess the flow up. Or they'll say, you know, if there's three people at a table, they'll be like, you know, they'll see a person walking up and they be, everybody will be thinking at the table, like, please don't let this person join in. Energy. And, and so with that, you know, um, people's energy 
can't you know not just people but trees mm-hmm. you know um all these waves and things that we can't see um whatever's happening in the the planets right yeah like these energies are impacting us like as we speak they impact the water that we drink you know there's all these energies they impact everything so things that we pay attention to and things that we don't pay attention to it does just because we choose to not pay attention or don't recognize yeah doesn't mean they don't exist. exist and like you said we have to be okay with that too right we have to be okay with knowing that we don't we're not we have to be okay with knowing that we don't know everything it's okay to not know everything i mean we can't know everything like if we knew everything then we'd be the creator right it's okay right. to be in a moment where to be there is an unconscious state in all of us right we live in and we live in the conscious and the unconscious at the same time. We have to. That's just the science behind it. So it's like kind of playing on both sides of what you're saying. Like we have to know that the unconscious exists, but then we also have to be okay with it too. Yeah, I think also too, you know, that we're spirit and we're energy and we're born and we choose. To our parent, we choose who we come through, mm. and we choose we make all these choices, whether we're aware of the choices I'm with you. that we're making. That's a different, you know, conversation. <laughs> um, it's deep though, but the energies that are around us, which is why people say things like "be careful who you're around," mm-hmm. because you know you start to pick up on all those things that's why you know you might um have a friend and then your friend can like make you feel really excited and and pick you up and feel really good or can make you feel like just the worst person on earth because energy is so real and it's really important that's the reason you know in spirituality whatever people are practicing Mm -hmm. in spirituality that's the purpose of ritual that's the purpose of prayer. That's the purpose of meditation is to connect with that energy and to realign that energy. Mm. That's deep. So when people are afraid of spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Because when one starts to elevate oneself, that means that one has to come face to face with the parts of self that are difficult to face. And if one is really being truthful and transparent with oneself, especially through a healing process, there are going to be parts of self that are going to be traumatic. There are going to be parts of self that are going to be difficult to face, difficult to deal with. There's going to be parts of self that one really, really loves, that one um, adores, that one appreciates And it's important to remember that we are complex beings and in the land of balance, Mm. we're always elevating ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I think when we start to uh, practice absolutes, I believe that that's one of the reasons that depression can really harm oneself. I've known, I want to say personally, 
I knew of for sure two people Mm -hmm. super close and personal well one of them was my mom's friend Mm -hmm. and he killed himself he came over it was so it was my first time coming in contact with that he came to my he came to our house how old do you think you were i was a teenager i believe i was possibly 14 okay he was one of my mom's really close friends from when I was a child. And he would come over all the time and it would be like my mom and her different friends and they would play cards, talk junk, make food, <laughs> laugh, be in the living room, playing music like Luther Vandross and that type of thing. And... That was like, you know, how folks got down, right, in the 70s and early 80s. And I was 14, maybe like around 86. So I had moved back here from New York. I had been living with my dad for the last couple of years in New York City for middle school. And I had moved back here with my mom. And uh, he came over. It was on an evening when, like... It was just me and her there. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were sitting on a the sofa. They was playing music. Um, they was talking, laughing. We made food. Um, it was so cool. I didn't even know anything was going. My mom didn't know anything was going on with him. We were laughing, telling stories. Um, it was so cool. And like the next day... My mom was so distraught and she was just like, Piper, he killed himself. She just, it it really tore my mom apart. She was so hurt. I think that was her friend from maybe like a teenager or like either like a teenager or like early 20s. Mm-hmm. I could feel that. And my mom was so distraught. Um, She was like, I don't know why he killed himself. And I mean, when I'm telling you the night before, we were laughing. I think we was watching TV, movies, talking junk, you know, popping popcorn, just like listening to music. It was like just fun. And then um, one thing that my mom told me the next day, she told me that he had came over and started and gave her a bunch of stuff. So he had given her a bunch of stuff that was real precious to him. And then the next day he killed himself And that was how I learned at that age of 14 that that's a sign when that when people give you things that are really, really precious. That had me so paranoid, like when people would (laughs) would give me things, I'd be even to this day when people like when people give me things like I'm kind of traumatized by that. Like if people give me something, I'm like, oh, my God, are you okay? Everything's okay." Um. (laughs) But there was no quote unquote like warning signs, like everything was cool, you know? Um, I'm saying like vis- visibly the way it seemed, the way it looked, you know? And my mom was, when I'm telling you she was distraught, she was broken to this day, to this day, 
it's 2019. My mom is just like, I can't. Even sometimes she just sits there and just cries. She just can't believe. And she's like, why didn't he say something? Why didn't he say he was going through something? Why didn't he say what he was going through? And I told my mom, I said, and it was weird, right? Because like I was right there with my mom the whole time we was hanging with him. And I said, you know what, mommy? Somewhere in there he was telling us and we didn't understand it. And she's like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, somehow he was telling us. It's just that he didn't say, I'm depressed, I'm going to kill myself. But in all that laughter and all those jokes and all that fun, he was telling us. And we didn't pick up on it. And I had never come in contact. And maybe my mom neither. had. Ne- we had never come in contact with that. So we didn't even know what to look for or whatever. But now, having gone through that experience... Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've got, no, you never know. You never know. You don't. But I do feel like I've got a kind of spidey sense (laughs) about people's energy. So I think it's both of what you said. Like you, you can't settle in that you know, right? Because sometimes even when you know that person doesn't, well, in this sense, Mm. so in this sense, in this sense, right? Like I don't, first let me start off by saying like when it comes in regards to your mom's friend, like I couldn't, I couldn't uh, visualize the thought process and the process of dealing with that that she had to go through. Like, I'm pretty sure that that was very traumatic for her, especially after being able to spin it. Why he came to my yeah, mom just kept saying, Why he came to see me? Yeah, yeah. Of all his friends, of all their friends, they have the mutual friends. Mm. And she was like, Of all the friends, why did he come see me? And why did he give me his personal stuff? He loved her. Um, but it's what, what everything you just said is like, I, I believe that, like, just um, you in particular and then other people, that life circumstances, your energy, um, you know, a, a plethora of things that are inside of you that give you some, I could tell, some spidey senses on energy, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm. I had another experience. Let me think what year this was. This had to be, like, 96? 95 mm-hmm. or maybe like 90, 95, 96. I was living in New York City. I used to live in the East Village um, on 12th Street. Can't escape 12th Street. Lived in 12th Street in Detroit, 12th Street in New York. <laughs> but I lived on 12th between 2nd and 3rd in New York. I had a loft apartment. I had that apartment where everybody um, comes to. It was a huge apartment mm-hmm. all the celebrities would come all the this is before they were celebrities right when people only come up because like new york was so expensive that everybody lived in like the bronx and brooklyn queens and i lived in manhattan and i lived in east village which was like so cool because all the black people lived in harlem so okay. people would be like how you got that but it was because there was still you know affordable rent there got you and it was huge and people would be like how you get this big old apartment um, but it was amazing and it was a type of apartment where different people would be like living with us. So we had it was a, it was technically a one, two it was technically a three bedroom. That's huge. And we would and we had a huge living room and I had a Romare Bearden photograph, which was 
the length of our wall, which was <laughs> I had a twenty foot long um Romare Bearden. It's the famous photograph that he took in Africa of the cheetah in black and white. And it was like twenty feet long <laughs> that and so dope. ten feet tall. And we had wood floors and high ceilings and I did all my photo shoots there and that's why I would like scout all the models and all the um you know artists and things would come through and it was just like the place to be but anywho uh, it was right around the corner from CBGB um CBGB which is a very um historic rock bar that's no longer there okay but the sex pistols and everybody played there okay so anywho uh, um I had the place where I used to, you know, have all the models and all the artists and everyone be hanging out. And it was like the cool place. And Lyris's Lounge was around the corner. So people would come there and crash. And then they'd wake up and then go to Lyris's Lounge. And then after Lyris's Lounge, they wouldn't want to get on the train. So they'd crash in my place. And then they'd go home in the morning and things like that. So it was that type of place. And I was always like cooking food and... Stuff that I do now, I love to entertain and <laughs> and then and then making sure everyone is eating and healthy because I was vegan and everyone's like, you ain't got no chicken. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, so I had I had I would have different roommates, and so um, at different periods of time. So like this year, I might have these roommates. Those years, I might have those roommates. But this particular year, I had um. One set of roommates, and um, my one roommate uh, was Egyptian, Nadia, and she was from Brighton, and she went to boarding school in Brighton. Her father was something like, I believe, the Egyptian ambassador to London. Okay. And so um, they were like, you know, that... And so she was my roommate and, you know, uh, she was doing her thing and um, people always thought we were sisters because we were like the same height, the same body type, the same hair, the same facial features, same color. Like people thought she looked exactly like my family. I looked like her family. It was so weird. But um, that's cool. So it was cool. We'd always be hanging out and stuff. Um, And so uh, one day. Her, she's like, my sister's coming. She had two sisters. So her one sister used to always come visit from London. Her sister, um, Shireen. Shireen was so cool. And um, when her sister Shireen would come, we'd hang out. We'd have fun. And um, we'd be going shopping. And we would be going walking around New York City. And everyone thought all three of us were sisters. And it was so fun. It was so cool. And we'd be doing each other's hair. And it was just like a blast. So... Um, I think like maybe after two years or something, her younger sister came. Well, they're both her younger sisters because Nadia was the oldest. Okay. So her sister Naveen comes. So she's like, my sister Naveen's coming. My sister Naveen's coming. And we were so, we prepared the house and we did all these things. It was so awesome. And then her sister comes and she's so freaking mean. Oh my God, I can't stand this girl. Please forgive me, Lord. Um, She is a model. They were all like really beautiful and like amazing and Naveen she her career as a model and she had this really beautiful short like Halle Berry haircut and she was just fabulous and she just dressed and 
you know, this Egyptian chick from London, but she had the nastiest attitude. <laughs> she was bold, yo. Like, we would, man, we went through all this to, like, welcome her and all this stuff. And then I, um, we would have different people coming in and out throughout the house and stuff because I had other roommates. Mm-hmm. And this chick comes... And I meet her, and she's like, Piper, this is my sister, Naveen. And I'm like, hi, welcome. And she just, like, flips her head and, like, gives me this look and doesn't even say hello and just walks past me and keeps it moving. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's bold. I said to myself, you know what? I'm in my house. Um, I feel like being peaceful. I'm not going to be ghetto and, like, smack her or anything like that. Which is what, like, my body really <laughs> wanted to, like, punch her right between the eyes. And then I was like, mm, I don't really feel like going there into the depths of that. And that's not, why am I going to allow this other person to take me there? Like, I'm happy. I'm at home. I'm chilling. Hmm. That's all her. Let her have all that negative energy. She could go. So, um, <laughs> I kept it moving. So, like. The they want to do stuff. They're gonna go to dinner. She's like, "You want to come to dinner?" I was like, "Nah, I'm straight." So everybody went to dinner. I kind of stayed by myself. I took a bubble bath. I'm chilling, you know. Do me, clean up the house from everybody's stuff. And so then the next day, you know, we're hanging, we're doing stuff. So Nadia's like, so Naveen knows she models, so she knows like a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? So we're doing different stuff, and then um. Nadia goes, oh, Piper does, you know, photography, Naveen. You should let Piper do pictures of you. And she just like, I said, yeah, that'd be cool. You want to do something? And she just looks at me and just like flips and just like walks away. I said, well, I'm not about to beg you. Right. So, (laughs) you know, I'm doing the best I can. You know, I was like, uh, it's really difficult to be kind to someone in your own house, just in general, but in your own house when they acting crazy. And, And I was like, okay, she's a guest. I have manners. I'm chilling. So, uh, everybody goes out. They're like, oh, we're going to go hang. So, everybody wants to go to CBGB's. <laughs> um, I didn't really feel like going to CBGB's because CBGB's, um, like I said, it was a vintage rock place. It was like super punk. And the music, like, if the highest decibel is 10, that joint is like infinity. Oh, my God. And they're playing punk music. And it was mostly white supremacists with like swastikas on their arms. You know, and just interesting. They had a mosh pit. But it was like the spot, apparently. It was, it was, I mean, it was historically, you know, where every, like, Bad Brains played there. Like, everyone played there. So, okay. now, at that time, um, all of us, we artists. So, we go to all types of stuff. We at the punk spots. We at the mm-hmm. hip-hop spots. We at the house reggae. We at art openings. We at stuff with celebrities. We down in the hood in places like we're everywhere we're like where's the art where's the music where is the color and excitement and fashion and cool people and interesting and you know that was what we did and we went to like three clubs a night every day plus we're working everybody's waiting tables bartending plus doing their art plus we'd be like collaborating and doing art projects at the apartment and flying everywhere and meeting people so it was just it was like just Imagine fame, except it's my house, <laughs> which is kind of what 5e was, but like bigger. But it was like, woo, like, uh, you know, and also people are staying there. People can have their friends there. Um, 
we're cooking food. It's kind of like a community art house mm-hmm. without being such. It was just happened to be that. Gotcha. And um, so it's just that. And it's like fun. And, you know, and CBGB's was around the corner. And so, you know, people would go there. Like all the clubs were around, like um, Lower East Side, you know, at the time, East Village. That's where all the like best nightlife was, night spots were. So that was that was it. You know, and okay. people would stop by my house and change their outfit, put on their makeup, you know, become their night self, you know, and we would just keep it moving. So um, all now imagine that's normally how it is in the veins in town. Now she's, you know, and she's there from London and, and they're Egyptian. So and, and they're in the industry. So all their actual friends that they went to boarding school from are from all over Africa, Europe, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere. And so mm-hmm. now all these people that I don't even know are coming through and bada, bada, bada. And it's really interesting. And I'm like, wow. So <laughs> every day it's like we're making food and people are bringing food or there's like people in and out and blah, blah, blah. So it's just really exciting, you know, like the whole week. And so um, the sat. so now it comes Saturday. Okay. Now, in New York City, I don't know about now, but I know about in that time, Monday, people go out. That's the industry night. Tuesday, people go out, industry night. Wednesday, Thursday is like a Friday. Friday and Saturday and Sunday, people don't go out. Now, they might do special parties and things, but Friday and Saturday and Sunday, that's more for like being with your family, cooking, chilling, go to brunch, Go to the park, go to the beach, you know, stay in, get your hair and nails done, like, you know, be with your friends, go mm-hmm. to dinner. It's that type of thing. It's not like nightlife. Not for like industry people, not for like the in crowd type of people, you know? And not mm-hmm. at that time. Like, I don't know about now. Things might have changed. Well, it makes sense because, I mean, the the nights of the week that people are going out, the entertainers are entertaining those people and making money. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I'm sorry. And so that's pretty much what it is. Or they're out of town. Yeah, making money. So, um, you know, Saturday morning, you know, I get up at probably late for me, which is probably like nine in the morning. And, um, you know, I got on my pajamas. No, It's like nobody's really at the house. It's a couple people. Like, it's the people that live at the house. How about that? Okay. And everybody's sleep. And so I'm up. I wake up at like five o'clock regardless because i pray at that time Mm -hmm. and so by nine o'clock i'm like i will have done a whole bunch of stuff and i'm you know getting the elements and the sun and my thankfulness and then by nine you know i'm you know i'm either ready to do the day or just like relaxing so i was in my relaxed mode right so i'm like oh um i'm about to Eat these cartoons, I mean, eat these, uh, eat this cereal and watch these cartoons, right? I'm going to have that type of day. So I get up and I'm in the living room and I make myself my bowl of cereal. I'm watching my cartoons and Naveen comes in the living room and she walks past me and I say, hey, good morning, Naveen. She been in my house a whole week. <laughs> Had all her friends and had a nasty little attitude, went out and in and blah, 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 blah. 
I done cooked dinner for this chick, clean, done all types of stuff. It's Saturday morning. It's just me and just her. And she going to walk past me and don't speak. I was like, wow. I just told myself, I said, let me make a decision. Do I feel like, do I want to be mad about this? Mm. No, I'm not going to waste precious body molecules or negative energy towards this. I'm feeling some kind of way. I'm acknowledging that I'm feeling, but I'm like, that's probably my ego. Mm. She's on something. Let me let it go. Her, she's dealing with, I'm, I'm done. Right. So she walked past me. I say, Hey, Naveen, you good? What's up? Bye-bye. She just looked at me, rolled her eyes, and she walked to the window. She looked out the window. And she was just standing there looking out the window. I say, Naveen, what's up? You cool? You okay? She didn't say nothing. And she just turned around and walked past me, went back to the bedroom, right? I just shook my head like. Then she, she like some minutes passed. I'm still eating my cereal. I had a rocking, I had one of them old man rocking chairs, so I'm rocking back and forth, eating my cereal, watching cartoons, blah, blah. So she walks, she comes, she comes back. Then she walks back towards the window. I said, Naveen, you okay? Naveen. And she's just standing there looking out the window for a long time. We lived on like, what floor did we live on? Oh, man. I can't remember what floor we lived on. Was it fourth? Was on the fourth floor. So she's just looking and looking and looking. I'm like, Naveen, you okay? She wasn't even talking to me. She wasn't acknowledging me, nothing. I said, Naveen, you cool? You okay? And she was just in a trance or something. I don't know. I said, Naveen. I said, you're not going to jump, are you? And she didn't say nothing. Then she just turned around and went towards the back. And something, like, I felt like I wanted to go, like, stop her or, like, something. But I was like, ugh, I can't deal with her. It was her attitude. was so negative. I was like, I ain't even bother with her. So I just kept watching cartoons. And then she went, she left, and she went towards the back. Now, we used to sunbathe on the roof. All of us, we used to put on our bikinis, and we used to go, because everyone in New York hangs out on the roof. And we used to climb up the fire escape, and we used to go on the roof and sunbathe. So she went towards the back. I figured, like, whatever. Pretty much, like, five to seven minutes later, all I hear is, like, <sighs> oh, and I look, I saw something pass me on the, uh, in, like, because we had a tree in front, and I saw the bushes go, and I, I knew something big fell, and I heard it thump in the ground. I walked, and I looked out the window, and she was laying in, like, in the, like, she had smashed the garbage can face down. And all I saw was, like, blood oozing out from her body. And her body was, like, mangled up like a cartoon. And I was like, oh, my God. And I immediately, we didn't have cell phones at the time. So the landline. I, I, I didn't know what, I mean, I kind of panicked, but I was trying to hold together. I called my mom. My mom's like, hang up, call 911. Don't let anybody touch her. Whatever you do, don't let anybody move her. Don't let anybody touch her. 
I tried to call 911. It was busy. Damn. I kept trying to call 911. It was busy. I was like, oh, God. I said, Mommy, I'm trying to call 911. It's busy. She's like, run down there and just don't let anyone touch her. I said, oh, my God. Okay. So I had to hang up. You know, I ran downstairs. I, uh, I, I, I stood in front of her. And as soon as I got down there, um, thank God I got down there because this man was like, turn her over. I was like, no, don't touch her. Don't touch her. And all I heard, like she, like she, like I said, she fell face down and she had broken all the bones in her face and she was trying to scream because of the pain. But all I heard was like her mouth was closed and she was just like, like as hard as she could, she was just screaming, but she couldn't like, she was still alive. Yeah. She couldn't, op- she couldn't scream. She was like, she was screaming, but she couldn't like, op- she couldn't like, she couldn't like, ch- like make a choice to like open her mouth. She couldn't control her mouth. So it was just the sound was like coming out. And then I was just telling people like, don't touch it. So I was trying to keep people away. Thank goodness. Some of my other neighbors had, you know, um, called, right. So a bunch of like fire police, everything was coming and when they came, um, you know, they was, by that time, like, all my neighbors was out. And, you know, I had to, like, fight my neighbors off. Like, don't touch her, don't touch her, don't touch her. And um, everybody, I had to keep people, you know, off of her. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, they came to me. Meanwhile, my roommate, everyone sleep upstairs. Like, my roommate and her, they up, upstairs sleep. And so, um um, and then my other couple of roommates, they weren't back yet from hanging out. And um, so uh, my my one neighbor, my one um, roommate came home and was like, um, boil hot water. I was like, for what? <laughs> he just started panicking. He started panicking. He was like, we got to boil hot water. I'm like, she tried to kill herself. She ain't having no baby. Mm-hmm. And he just went upstairs. He had like buckets and he was running from upstairs to downstairs with buckets of water. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? He just started panicking. And because um, it took a minute because the EMS came and, you know, uh, someone had to claim her. And like the EMS told me, like, we're going to have to pick her up and it's going to be really painful. And we need someone to talk to her. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she don't even like me. And they was like, can you, can you talk to her? And I was like, oh my God, she going to listen to me? And in my mind, you know, and I just said, okay. So then I like went to Naveen and I looked at her. I totally just stepped into my humanity. I totally forgot that she was such a, you know what? And I was like, you going to be okay. I'm like, you going to make it, you know, like everything's going to be okay. We're going to get you to the hospital. You're going to be all right. You're Okay. And she just was screaming at the top of her lungs, but she couldn't move her mouth. And then um, they they had to pick her up like all in one and get her on the stretcher. They got her into the thing and it was like, who's going to go with us? And I was like, oh my God, I can't go with her. So finally, um, hers and all the commotion, I hadn't left her in all this time. So I hadn't even gone upstairs to tell her sister. So my silly other roommate Hadn't even gone and told her. He running upstairs getting buckets of water. Hadn't even told her what was going on. So she finally runs downstairs. 
that's my sister. That's my sister. What's the problem? And, um, like at that time, uh, you know, the EMS is like, you know, someone needs to like come with us there to like help us get through this process to like identify her and all this other stuff. And my other roommate was like, I can't go. She was like, you go. I was like, girl, I don't know your sister. I met her a week ago. I can't go. She don't even like me. Like, well, I'm going to go with her to the hospital. I don't know nothing about her. That's your sister. I'm like, go to the hospital. So um, <laughs> she didn't really, she didn't want to go. She was like panicking. I was like, girl, you got to go. So finally she jumps in the ambulance. And um, then like when I was there, um, the uh, EMS or EMT or whatever you call came to me and she was like, listen, if you can try to find her other tooth and the rest of her bone, because she had broken her femur, which is like that bone in the middle of your thigh in half. And it was sticking up through her thigh. And she was like, if you find the rest of her femur, um, we need that. Damn, and then we that's need, heavy. She was like, then we need her other tooth. And I was like, oh my God, I got to find a femur and a tooth. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so squeamish. But I went over there. I looked in all the blood and everything. I found the tooth and I found the bone. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I had some tweezers and a plastic bag. And I picked them up and I put them inside the baggie and I, um, you know, I had to take them, you know, to the hospital so they could like use them and clean them and all that stuff. And, uh, then, um, we had to call her father who was in London and we had to call her other sister. And so, um, I'm at home and I get this call and it's like, um, maybe like, I don't know, probably like two in the morning and it's Nadia from the hospital. Cause I was just staying up so she could call me. So she's like, Piper, you've got to come to the hospital. They're going, they've put Naveen in the psychiatric ward. She, she, she can't be there. I said, um, Nadia, they, she tried to kill herself. That's, that's what they do. Like that's standard procedure. Like, I can't go there and tell them she doesn't belong there. She jumped off the roof of our building. Like, I don't have no weight to tell them that, like, it, ha-ha, is a joke or just kidding. Like, and she's like, but she doesn't belong there. They're doing this. Other. I said, Nadia, look, first of all, I'm not even related to y'all. The hospital is not going to listen to me. I'm like, you know, like, I don't have any weight you know? And so she's like, you've got to come here. You've got to. I was like, girl. So we got in touch with her dad. She didn't want to talk to her dad. So we got in touch with the dad. Her dad flew in. He ended up staying with us maybe, I think like three months. Wow. Really? She was in the hospital for like, I want to say like nine months. She was in the hospital for like nine months. They had to put her face back together. We had to get her send her ID. We had to send back things because she was in college in London and she was going to fashion school. Like it was all the stuff we had to do. And then she finally, um, I was hanging out with her dad like every day. 
and he was smoking these like clove cigarettes and he brought his own little clove cigarettes and his own little coffee and Egyptian co- Turkish coffee. Mm. And we would every morning I would chill with her dad in the kitchen and we would have these deep philosophical conversations and he was really cool. I could tell his heart was broken and mm. he used to be like, you look like my daughter. You look like my daughter. Like I could be one of his daughters because we all look just alike. He's like, you are such a good girl. Why do you live here with men? And I was like, we're roommates. <laughs> we're roommates. <laughs> he was like, but you are a woman. You, do you know who you are? You are a woman. You should not You're live so with men. Cute. He was like, you should not live with men. I was like, well, we're roommates. We're all roommates. He's like, no good. No good. He's like, you're a good girl. You are smart. You are beautiful. You're intelligent. Why you no marry? Why you no marry? You should be married. I say, well, you know, I, I got a lot of stuff I'm doing. I'm not, you know, nobody want to marry me right now. And, and that's, I'm focused on doing this photography and this art and all this stuff. And blah, blah. he's like, you should be married. You are amazing. You are amazing woman. If you my daughter, I marry, I marry you off to, to a good man. I said, oh. I'm thinking like, no wonder your daughter tried to kill us up. No, no, I shouldn't say that. But I mean, long story short is like, there's like a, you know, I, I saw like he's strict, you know, mm. like he is super strict and, and judgmental and all those things. And at the same time, super sweet, kind, thoughtful. I feel like he did the best. You saw he could. all of him. Yes. I feel he did the best he could. I mean, who, who doesn't, right? Right. He did the best he could. Um, I saw where his daughters rebelled against him. Mm-hmm. I saw that. That they was actively rebelling. You know, they're all Muslim. He sometimes, you know, would cry, you know, and be like, why? You know? And I'm like, I don't know. And finally, the other sister would keep calling from London and was like, Piper, you've got to get my sister out of psychiatric ward. I'm like, that ain't happening. Like, you know, like that's not about to happen. Like, it's not that I believe in it. I'm just saying like process wise, how's that going to work? She used to be, she used to just keep calling. I'm talking about Shireen, the one that was in London. Mm-hmm. She just keep calling. You must, you must, you must. I'm like, wow. But it was just super, it was like, like that really, like that entire experience just like taught me a lot. You know, and when she, when Naveen finally got out of um, the hospital, she came to the apartment. So she'd been in America all this time. So whatever visa she had was way over expired. I think they had gotten, I think he had hooked her up, you know what I mean? So that um, it was, you know, uh, Whatever that process was. I'm with you. Yeah. He At the time, right it was different. I got you. Yeah. And then um, it was just like when she got out of the hospital, though, um, I'm, I'll never forget. She came to the house and she was on crutches. Okay. Her whole face had been reconstructed. She was, they had to redo her tooth. They had to redo, she broke her jaw bones, her eye bones, her face had slid. 
because there was no skeleton there to hold her face up. So her whole face slid. And she used to be a model and all this other stuff. And so she came out. Um, she was like, Piper, you knew. And I was like, yeah. She was like, you knew. And you didn't stop me. You did nothing to stop me. I said, um... I said, you're right. I was like, I said, I said, I, I said, I knew, I said, I, I said, I had a feeling that you were going to jump. I said, but when you turned around, I didn't, I wasn't really looking. I said, I thought you went back in the bedroom with Nadia. I didn't realize that you went up to the roof. Cause when I turned around, I didn't see her. We had, um, in our kitchen, we had a fire escape. And we used to go through our kitchen out up the fire escape to go to our roof. And that's where we would sunbathe. I said, I said, when I looked, I said, I said, she said, you knew when I was at the window. I said, I did. I said, I, I said, I had a feeling. I said, I had a feeling. She was like, and you didn't go with your feeling and stop me. I said, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, I feel like I tried, but I felt like I didn't have a connection with you. I felt like I had been trying to have a connection with you and I didn't have, I definitely didn't have a connection with you at that point. I felt like I asked you and I reached out to you and she was like, you should have stopped me. I said, how could, I said, how could I have stopped you? What, what could I have done? She was like, she was like, it's your fault. You should have stopped me. Oh my God. Piper. I was like, I was feeling so guilty for like a while and I just told her, I said, I just said, you know what, I apologize. I said, I apologize. I said, I I, I did know. I had a feeling. I knew. I I felt like I tried to stop you. When I when I asked you well, you know, when you turn when I asked you where you're gonna jump, you were at the window. When you turn around and and left, when I looked back, I saw you walking towards the bedroom. I didn't realize you I didn't even hear you actually go open up the window, go outside and go upstairs. I said, I'll just kept doing my thing. I said, and I said, and I'm going to be honest with you. You honestly think I would let you jump if I. But I told her, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, you were so nasty towards me and offensive. I'm going to be honest with you. I said, I just let you be because that's how you were acting. You were acting like you did not want my energy to interface with your energy i said so i just looked at the energy that you were giving out and i let it go i did and she was like you should have gone further you should have done this you should have done that i said well you know i didn't i said i didn't but it took me a while to really be like you know what that wasn't that wasn't on me and i had to let that go but let me tell you something crazy I know that was crazy, but let me tell you something crazier. So when she jumped, right, um, like I said, she had flattened the garbage can. We had these metal garbage cans down the bottom like Sesame Street, and she had flattened one. And what she had done, <laughs> um, she had borrowed clothing to jump in. And there was this one chick um her friend uh 
called me. So she had gone to the hospital. And she had borrowed this pair of Manolo Blahnik boots from one of her model friends. She borrowed the boots to jump in. Well, when she smashed the garbage can, her leg was like wedged into the garbage can. So they had to cut the boot off to like get her leg out. They had to cut into the garbage can. They had to cut the boot off to like free her leg. Right. So um, I remember that. I didn't realize it was a Manolo Blahnik boot. I just thought, oh, man, her boot, right? So her friend calls um, while she's at the hospital. And she's like, where Naveen? I said, um, I didn't want to tell her Naveen jumped and she was in the hospital. I didn't want to tell her that over the phone. So I said, well, she's not here right now. She's like, where's my boot? Where's my boot? I was like, what boot? And she's like, she borrowed my Manolo Blahnik. I want it. I was like, mm-hmm. Because, you know, I don't know. She got 50 million clothes in there. They all got all them clothes. I'm like, I don't know. She's like, she borrowed my boot. I want my boot. I said, I don't know, girl. I said, well, how about this? I said, um, she's, she's like, I'm coming get my boot. I said, well, come on. So she comes over, right? And um, she's looking everywhere, right? She's like, where my boot? Where my boot? She's looking all over the place, and I had, I had um, brought her stuff, the stuff that that was left down there. So part of the boot obviously was left there. So I had taken that boot, and um, somehow I had had it, and it was like still in the living room, right? So when she comes, she goes, there's my boot. What happened to my boot? Where's the other boot? What did you do? Where's my boot? I said, listen, listen, listen. I got to tell you something. So then I explained to her why Naveen's not there. So once I finished explaining to her, do you know this chick was like, she better pay me my money. I was like, wow. She's like, I don't care. I said, I said, did you hear me when I told you? She jumped, tried to kill herself. Why she take my boot to jump my boot? Why, why? That don't make no sense. She's like, she's she from, better pay me my money. She better pay my Africa. money. Yeah. She better pay my money. I was like, you're concerned about your money for your Manolo Blahnik boot and your friend just, I just told you this whole thing about your friend. She didn't even care. She didn't even ask me. Nothing. She wasn't shocked. She didn't care. She didn't have no feelings about it. All she cared about was that Naveen jumped in her boot and it was like a thing. And I was like, wow. So that was like a thing. It, for me, it, for me, it hurt because I was like, that's the type of friend she got. And then I was like, wow, like that's deep. You know, that's the type of energies that she has surrounding her and stuff, you know, and <sighs> It was just like a lot, a lot, a lot. But I'm saying that to say that like that was a person that comes from means, you know, in a certain lifestyle, boarding school, living a model life, like, you know, getting all the clubs free, all types of <laughs> designer clothes and, you know, living this so-called fabulous life. Um, and you never know what it was because even to this day, like 
I asked her, like, why she jumped, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she just, you know, she didn't explain why. She just, like, looked at me. So it's not that she owed explanation either, you know? But And the only reason I asked is because she kept telling me it was my fault, you know? But... I'm just saying that to say that, like, a lot of times people be dealing with stuff and things could look, like, super shiny and people could have, quote, unquote, it all. And you just never know. You just never know, like, what is going to send a person, you know, like, over the edge. And it's interesting because me personally, um, I try to always treat everyone with like superhumanity because because of the experiences that I've had and just because I'm sensitive and because I don't like hurting people but I always try to treat people with lots of humanity because there's so much pain and so much trauma and so much stuff that people go through and for me I feel like I never know or we never know when your encounter with that person can actually make the difference, like like the capital T-H-E difference. Whether that's positive, influential, uplifting, or whether that's hurtful, you know, and um, mean, spiteful, you know. Um, I feel like we live in in this world and there's so much pain is so much trauma that like I really do the best I can to be as kind to people as I, as I, as I can be. Um, and, and I do recognize that, you know, there's levels to like the mental illness, you know what I'm saying? I shouldn't say levels as in like one is like comparatively, but I, what I mean is like depths, you know what I mean? Like, like, like running deeply, like, you know what I'm saying? Some stuff can be cured with diet or more sleep, like I said, or medications, you know, I don't believe in medications, but managed, I should say, um, you know, uh, therapy. Um, and then sometimes none of that stuff works. Sometimes it's just a person's body chemistry, um, you know, sometimes doing art can help and sometimes, you know, um, being a healing, taking baths, mm. releasing energy. You know, I feel like the more and more and more that we really work to um, cleanse our energies, whether that's through, like I said, taking baths with Epsom salt crystals, you know, colors, clothing, you know, scents, you know, oils, herbs, you know, through that way or prayer, you know, meditation, being still, um, you know, it's, it's interesting too, because, you know, in my yoga practice, there is, um, a point at which, you know, one, uh, must be be completely still uh, in a savasana, which is just like laying down on your back. And 
sometimes, especially if you're going through a lot, it can be really difficult to just like be mm. in savasana. And in savasana, you're just breathing. I shouldn't say just breathing because all breathing is cardio. And sometimes it can be difficult to just be in savasana because you're supposed to empty your mind, not have thoughts, relax. And sometimes your brain is just going at 9 million miles per hour. <laughs> That like sometimes just being there in savasana can like almost drive you insane if you like allow your thoughts to consume themselves. And that's what I really love about having a yoga practice and a meditation practice is that creating that space and that time for self to be reflective, but then also building like an actual physical practice where connecting with breath and connecting with thinking about breath and thinking about how breath is moving through your lungs and thinking about, you know, mm. just relaxing and being still and stilling your thoughts and just like emptying your mind and not using your brain, giving your brain and your eyes and your heart and your lungs and everything a break, you know, from, from all the outside interference. Um, sometimes that can really, really, really make a huge difference. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. A hundred percent, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like everyone should have a person beyond themselves, right? Like we've been talking about. But do you think like in the physical, everyone should have a person that they feel like they can be completely unfiltered with? Like one would hope yeah, that one can have that person or people. Um, That's a blessing. Yeah. If people have those people, if yeah. people like if, if people have people to trust, that's a blessing. Yeah. If those people that those people can trust are their family, then that's an even bigger blessing. Yeah, man, that was deep. Yeah. So I almost don't know what to say. What do, what do you even think about what I just said? I, I left out some pieces, though, just. I mean, uh, because, I, yeah. I die. I, I dive in and provide imagery for myself when, especially with you, because you tell great stories. But man, that is you have a lot of of uh, you. You talk. You know yourself. You've always known yourself because you talk. You you talk to yourself very quickly more so than most people do like your friend that you were saying was grabbing the water and like i'm literally visualizing him i don't understand what up. he was doing i think he, he panicked he panicked like he like he went into like girl how we he, live on she the fourth went, floor how she went into a trance and yeah, just was sitting there he did he went in a trance with the water i was like what is he doing but i'm laughing but i'm not gonna say that i wouldn't have been like i know me like i would piper you are uh one in a lifetime type of person because the fact that you were able to like literally think about what to do you called your mom the person you feel the most unfiltered with and expressed like oh my fucking god something just happened and your mom you knew who well, to call that's the person like, you I call for yeah, everything you, you knew who to call so you thought my mom you was like hang up call 911 you, you <laughs> thought about who is the like yeah. you, your brain even though you were in a panic your brain went to where you knew you should have called yeah and you got the advice that you needed, kept you in your, you know, Bro, I when the I pocket. looked out the window, I had this ominous feeling when she passed me. And she was right. 
I knew she was going to jump. I had those, a feeling. And those are the feelings in life. I had the feeling. Those are the feelings in life that you just be like. <sighs> I was like, I was like, you're not going to jump, are you? And I was like, oh, man. When I walked to the window and I looked down there, she broke a branch off a tree when coming down. Yo. So the tree was like wild. high. Like How many floors window. up you think you were? We're like a fourth floor. So man, she, she jumped off she... the roof. So that she was jumped off, so she jumped off the roof. Yeah, so it was it was it was like higher than so the top of the building was the sixth floor. So she jumped off that floor face first. She man, she lucky. Yeah, it was crazy. And like how she make out? Back to London. Back to London. I mean, it was like after nine months, but she was like nine months in the hospital. How long did she ship stay for? What, like a week? A week? You mean when she got out? Yeah. No, no, she went right away. Went right away. Yeah, yeah. and um, she still, she still. I mean, I can't imagine. On the crutch? Like, yeah, her whole skeleton. I'm saying mentally, now. she still wasn't healed. But oh, I no, mean, no, no, how no. could how could I mean? I mean, you go from being a model, and that's you know. What are you gonna do? Like that's your career. You gotta find a whole another career, and you ain't been preparing for nothing else. She's going to fashion school, you know. So. Yeah, I pray for I, I mean, this I, is years ago now. This like I said, 95, 90, 95, yeah. 95, 96. She she I could envision that she's doing something very intentional right now. So I hope so. Yeah, good energy to her. But yeah, she yeah. Oh, that's that's Piper. That's new that's ooh-wee. Yeah. It was transformational. How did like sort of like I know you were probably, it sounds like y'all setup was healing for her father. Like y'all kept him in a good, like a good space. The crazy thing is my other roommates avoided him and they were like, Piper, why do you deal with him? There's like, I wouldn't talk to him. I wouldn't answer his questions. I wouldn't. But I felt like he's, he almost lost his daughter. Bro, are you kidding me? He almost lost his baby, his youngest, his daughter. And everybody was like. Well, what is he? Why does she want to kill herself? Is oh, it that's his none fault of people's business. Of and I was like, I don't, I wouldn't say that's, that. I wouldn't make an assumption about fault at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is so crossing. That's a choice. That's so crossing. That's, you have to be, man, people who run away, it just all circulates back to what we started with, who, run away from themselves are that's that's that shows that you are not working on yourself when you feel the lead to cross that line mentally to start trying to play inspector gadget on something that has nothing to do with you like there's so much other things that you could be doing internally from just knowing that there was a girl that was in your building that did something like that that makes me want to be like even hearing the story makes me start to self-reflect and think about things it made me think about I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. All I'm just saying is, realistically, where my mind space goes, it's not There's trying to. There's a song that um, Van Hunt wrote, and what is it? Who are you in the face of disappointment? Mm. It's a song about you know um, what is your character, and it's like about you know. Who like when when is when it's time you know like who are you? That's I mean I'm so gonna be true. honest with you. In that moment when I had a moment I had a I had like a an epiphany when the when the ambulance was there and the EMT um, when she was like 
talking to me and telling me like, I need you to talk to her because I'm gonna we're going to have to pick her up. It's going to be really painful and I need you to talk to her. <sighs> and I had a thought at that moment, like she doesn't even like me. And here I am, the one that's here to help her. And what is any, my brain was thinking like, what does any of this mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? Is that, this like, that, that, I felt kind of bad because I felt like, man, I felt kind of bad because I felt like karmically, what does that mean for her? How nasty she was. And then I was the one that she had to talk to. I was like, I was feeling bad. I was actually feeling bad for her that I was the one that had to be there oh, for her that's in her hour of need. And I felt like, wow, that's deep. That's just something about your character that you thought that. But but then I also thought like, wow, like who else but me? Because I am compassionate and I know that she needs compassion right now, you know? And I didn't jump into the whole like, what was that? You was talking? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't do that. You know, I I was like... Wow, she looked like a hurt puppy, you know, at that moment. And it was like so much. And I just was like, oh, wow. And just to hear her screaming like that was something I can't really explain to you. And just look his blood everywhere. How was her sister after that? Um, Oddly, they act like nothing happened. They, you know, but they went to boarding school. And they're very... um. They remind me of my, like my family. Tiger Woods said it. There's everything is going on. All your emotions are on the inside are boiling up, but no one knows. Pretty much, and just keep it like it's is normal. Keep it like nothing's wrong. Well, I hear that's keep it moving. That's what my mom used to always tell me that she would give me two. You know, super in the literature and stuff like that. She reminds me so much of you and how your mom raised you. Um, but she used to tell me Richard Wright's mom. Oh, wow. How Richard Wright's mom would tell him, like, in the cold, like, don't bend your back over. Like, mm. if it's cold outside, straighten up. You know what I mean? She would mm. tell me about that the, this th- that theory of that balance of not letting Strength. people in on how, what you feel and what you think, but then how Europeans take it to another level, right? Mm. Like, you know, like the royal, the royal, the... The royals, how they don't show emotion. Mm. They don't let people in on their facial expressions. And then all the way to the extreme of the guards that, you know, people Mm. mess with when they go there. You know, it's part of their, you know, their culture to be that way. It's not to, you know, I get it, you know, but then there's there's just lines. Everything we talk about, there's no absolutes, right? You know, there has to be some, I believe, some type of balance, you, you know, I don't know. I don't. I, know. I know this much. I know I was forever changed from that moment. Um, I bet. It, I don't know what it was, but I had that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, when it was like a flashback, like when my mom's friend was going to kill himself. You know, I had that feeling. I mean, I didn't know as a kid, right, that that's what was going to happen. But there was like a, that evening that we spent with my mom's friend was magical. It was like one of the best evenings I ever had in my whole life. Mm-hmm. It was just so much fun. And um, it was just something about whatever was going on there. I had that memory 
when she walked past me, which is why when she was standing in the window, I said, you're not going to jump, are you? Um, I just had like some sort of like parallel moment at that moment. But like, yeah, like everything that we had to deal with, like after that, my other roommates were completely shaken and traumatized. We just had to continue to keep going to work and keep the bills paid and just try to make sure that everything was cool. Um, when did it like, can you remember the moment? Probably not, but like where it just all kind of settled back. Did it ever feel the same? Did it always feel different after that? Yeah. 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 Because number one, there was a blood stain in front of our apartment and I kept having that thought about having to go look for because I because the thing is I had to go look for her tooth and I had to look for her bone and I had to put it in a baggie and that was traumatizing I'm not gonna front um that was like whoa because it was a realization when I saw her bone sticking up through her thigh I was like I was like oh my god and when I had to talk to her, I just thought, like, what can I say to comfort her? And I was just like, it's not that bad. You're going to be okay. Everything's all right. You're okay. You're going to be all right. You know, it's not that bad, you know, type of thing. And um, I think, yeah, just trying to, I was like trying to sing to her. You know, I was like singing songs and I was just just trying to make her feel okay while they were trying to pick her up and like, you know, get her on a stretcher. And they had to do a real slow, you know what I'm saying? Because she had broken all these bones. So they didn't want to, you know, be too, were people, were, you know, were people still like a lot of people still out there. Oh, my. Not okay. only was my whole block there and imagine this apartments it's not like houses so it's tons of people yeah yeah it's hundreds of people so it's like not just my block but the blocks all around because everybody going to tell other people and it was just around and around and like everybody was just around there man Um, piper it was it was a lot i was like wow and then every day i would come and i saw the little broken branch at our window so every day was i was looking at this broken branch our broken trash can and um the uh the little blood stain, you know, until well we got it cleaned up. We got the blood cleaned up. Um yeah, we got that blood cleaned up. But the broken branch and the and the broken um garbage can was there for a minute and then my um landlord replaced the uh the garbage can and um yeah. Dang, Pipe. That's heavy. It is heavy, huh? How are you? Let me think. How old was I? It was like 95, 96. Was I like 25 or something like that? Let me say I was born in 72. I can't count. No, that's, that is wild. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Pipe. I mean, and, and that's like, you know, an interesting uh, thing that happened but I was giving that to share about, you know, we're in this age now where folks can talk about um, mental challenges, 
emotional challenges, psychological challenges. I mean, I've always been, I've always felt that it was okay to do so. My grandmother, my father's mother, always told me that it was not okay to do so. She always told me, never tell anyone because they'll use it against you. They do. And they do. She was right. They do. You know, if you tell people what you're going through, then it's interesting that they'll always say that that's who you are. That's what you are. And yeah, so I can understand. Even unconsciously they do it. But Mm. I know you're about to get to the but. Um, You know, you have to... You have to know where to go inside yourself. You know, I think that's a continual thing. Like, like you said, like there's levels to it. Like you get to one level, then you gotta find that. You gotta find another space inside yourself that you that that you never knew existed to get over certain things. But I feel like it's important for you to have to know where to go. Like, if with prayer, with spirituality, whatever you do. You know, outside of you know working a nine to five, or you know where you, where you put your where you, where has you in your your mind in the frenzy, and they're the right people to go to because not every you have. I feel like the whole point of human interaction is connection. So there's someone out there in the universe that you can become unfiltered with. It took me a while to be okay with the fact that like it was meant for my mom to be my best friend. Like like. I used to feel like, man, like, I wish I had a friend, like, where I could, like, tell everything to, and, like, Mm. and I do, like, you know what I mean? Like, I have friends, but, like, not, like, where I'm, like, completely unfiltered, and, like, my mom's mom died when she was 13, Mm. you know what I'm saying? So, like, she didn't have that, but Mm. it makes me, like, this is older me, you know, self-reflecting, like, this is not stuff I used to always think, but, but, but I always realized that I just knew, but... You know, it's a blessing to be able to have, like, my mom. Like, I have, I, I mean, and then some people say, don't tell your mom everything. <laughs> you know, you keep your mom in a frenzy. Like, but I'm not going to hold you up. Like, I know, like, if by me telling my mom certain things, like, how mm-hmm. she how she is, I'm going to have to hear that. So mm-hmm. then that's me having to find some place inside of me to mm-hmm. deal with the fact that I done told her something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm the That's same just, way. My mom's my best friend. I tell her everything. Man. Everybody tell me the same thing. Don't tell your mom everything. I'm like, I tell my mom everything. Like, I'm pretty much like, you I know tell what I'm my saying? mom everything. Everything, everything, everything. But I was raised like that. You know, yeah. I'm telling my mom everything. And, uh, Even if it's like, not like you said, not everyone has that, right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But... I'm sure they're like, um, and she get the some stuff. She'd be like, I don't. Oh my god, I don't even want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I used to think like, oh, like my um, some friends that have those friends, like those girls as friends, mm. where they're like completely like sisters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they can be naked in front of each other. It's yeah. not like no sexual thing. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've never had that bond like that with a woman before. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. That mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. my setup. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My yeah. setup is with my mom. Like, yeah. so it's. To know your world. Everybody is different. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes people overlook people. They don't realize that they're overlooking people that could be in their corner. Some, You know, what do they say? You covet that which is closest to you. Yeah. Um, And, Mm. you know, it's sometimes, you know, people are looking at people, the, the people that are kind to you, the people that are giving, the people that are the most generous, the people that are the most... You know, that listen, the ones that are like in your corner, it's like those are the people that you overlook and dismiss. And then the people who treat you like crap, you're like, 
turn your back on them and just yeah, I mean, not turn your back, but but you Do know, you, like, we talking about this. You give them that certain you energy. Give them, you give them all of like, you. You give them all of you. Yeah, and yeah, and it's like, you know, um, I do have a belief though that, uh, and this is a personal belief mm-hmm. that there is a link to, between depression and gratitude. I feel like there's a whole link there. I can see that. And I look at, you know, um, where honoring, serving others, not to the detriment of self, but serving others and helping others, I feel like help is a is a treatment for depression. I think so. Not to delve into that and then overindulge in that. It's balance. I mean, like, I 100% agree. Like, it's moments where you could feel like you've given, like, yourself of so much. And then, like, I think unconsciously we have we set expectations. Like, not to say that, oh, I did this for you. And you ain't do this for me. But I think our ego does get a little hurt when we do something for someone. And oh, they yeah. don't show us, like, a, 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 a. sometimes we do stuff for people. They don't even show us a a fraction of the energy that we gave them. So of course that's going to be like, kind of like for me, like I'm going to be honest with you. I so-called give, but I I have no expectation of receiving when Mm -hmm. I give for me. It's like here is a gift. Whether I do something for, I'm not looking for anything in return. Mm -hmm. What I find is really one of my pet peeves, hurtful, traumatic, is the giving and then people treat you like crap when you're like giving but that is the reason that there is a philosophy that people have about not giving god that's so funny you say that like one of my best guy friends like i'm telling you like his name is rico and that name alone like he was a player like I mean, I'm telling you the stuff he would tell me, some of the stuff he would tell me, I'd be like, oh, Rico, you tripping. But I always had this like inclination that he was one of the type of people that would like, you know what I'm saying? Either be a pastor, be married, be, and everybody would be like, Rico, da 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 da. Shout out to Rico. Like, he know, like, he's so transparent with himself. He know what people, stuff people used to say about him. Like, he a dog, like, don't trust him, like, da 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 da. And he would tell me, like, see, you cool. Like, he was like, I need, I do, there's parts of you that I do need to be more like you, like, care about people. He's like, but all I, he's like, I care about myself. Like, I'm looking out for my life. Like, mm. and I think you should start taking on a little bit of my philosophy. Like, you care, you always, like, trying to look out for other people. And, you know, that's your MO. Like, I think you need to start looking out more for yourself, like mm. me. And Rico is happily married. Like, he the type of person that's parents and stuff laid a great foundation for him so Mm. I could tell that he would eventually get back to that foundation he was Mm. living life you know sometimes men's life grant them to be able to do stuff like that the coming to America thing sowing your royal oats or whatever the saying is but you know what I mean and there's so it's life is funky I'm learning it really is I'm gonna let you get away with that that men do that but keep going but I mean, it's true. It's true. Like our society, everyone does that. True, but okay. It's I'm okay. Not gonna... Keep going. Keep going. I don't catch But you the up. point I'm making is, is, is like I use Rico as an example of like 
now he's learning. I think marriage is teaching him the lessons that, you know, of giving and giving. It's okay to give and not receive anything back. Like, I think that his marriage to shout out to Sade is showing him those that other side. But I think he already had the other side that equates balance for him. You know mm. what I'm saying? Of taking care of self. Like, you have to take care of self in order to take care of other people. Like, yeah. you just do. Like, and his example is an extreme example. You know what I mean? Because he was, you know borderline selfish you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but it's about finding I think everyone has their has a their own like you said their chemicals their makeup and per what that is as you're finding it out because it, it changes like you have to be able to find that balance to your point of self-care and uplifting yourself and at the same time giving with not expecting anything in return like I don't know like it I don't know. I, life is just... I'm, There's a balance. Oh, my God. Life is so weird. There's a balance. And I'm learning to be okay with it. Sometimes it's tough, but... Yeah, it's a balance, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a balance. That's what Life is just a balance. And sometimes it's very difficult. You know, like when I was in my 20s, and sometimes even now, but really in my 20s, I used to listen to a lot of Donny Hathaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, Donnie Hathaway killed himself. And when I listen to Donnie Hathaway music and lyrics, I can hear, you know, a lot of the pain. I learned from his um, biopic that um, he suffered from, if I'm not mistaken, was it bipolar Mm-hmm. and um, that he had it managed with medication and that sometimes he didn't take his medication. Um, that's what it said in, in, in you know, uh, what, I, what I learned. But, you know, I don't know him. I don't know his family, so I'm not, I can't say that that's what it was, but this is what it said in mm-hmm. his piece. And um, with that, then... Um, his music, like if you listen to now, some of his music is really incredibly, you know, deep and beautiful and just bountiful. It's just exciting, you know, and all the different sections he mixed like classical compositions with like soul and funk and jazz and bebop. And you could just hear all of the instruments and instrumentation. And he'd have a whole string section. And he'd have, you know, whole sections of, you know, orchestra. And he some of his compositions were, um, you know, composed of sets just like, um, you know, in classical compositions. And, they would, and there'd be movements. And there'd be like, this movement is this part of the song. And this movement, this movement. And... You know, uh, you could go into like different worlds when you're listening to him, um, his storytelling mm-hmm. and the storytelling in his in the sounds, the story storytelling in, you know, the word choices and the way that he would sing, like how long he would hold a note or how deep, how high, how, you know, the breathiness or the smoothness or the way, you know, and um, I mean, he's one of my favorite I have so many musicians that I love, but he's one of my ultimate favorite. But I realized at a certain point that um, 
and I went through, you know, I'd say this all the time. My 20s, I was depressed. My 20s. My whole 20s, I was depressed. Um, and I made some certain decisions when I, when it was about to be the year 2000. And I was like, when it comes to 2000, I'm going to do this. And I had this whole list of stuff <laughs> I was going to change. And I did. And I went cold turkey and all the things. That's cool. And, that's then, a- um, and I realized that, that I you know, became the me that I was more in love with Mm. and started to learn more about me. But um, that was my journey and like my process. But I do realize when I was listening to a lot of different music, but in particular, I was listening to a lot of jazz and I was listening to a lot of like um, what I would call bebop straight ahead jazz because, you know, I'm a hip hop head. So jazz is like Mm -hmm. a foundational element and soul. And I was listening to a lot of soul and I was listening to a lot of you know, um, R&B, soul, funk type of music. And like, yeah, like there, like I would be in these moods, you know, and I'd be in moods and I'd be playing (laughs) records over and over, like the same record, like over and over and over and over, keep me in that mood. And sometimes I'd be depressed and I'd be crying. I'd play music and just start crying. I'm laughing because I I feel like, uh, it's like, man, like I'm looking in the mirror just hearing you Oh, say you would do the same thing? Are you kidding me, Piper? I play playing this. So I'd be crying and crying and crying. And then I'm telling you, when I, I say, you know what? And I did a whole bunch of other stuff, right? But, um, I mean, to, to, to make a shift. But, um, but yeah, I, I just recognize that certain frequencies yeah. can, especially if you're continuing in those frequencies, can keep you sort of in a loop. Man. You know, so, you know, sounds can impact us. That's a thing. That's where there's sound design. Sounds can Im- impact us that, you know, they use sounds in torture, right? And they use sounds to, you know, um, it lift our moods. Like, they, like sound and energy is like super powerful. You know, there are um, colors, you know, that can that can do things to us emotionally, psychologically. These are like design principles as well, you know? Yeah. Um as as, you know, spiritual principles, um different materials, right? Um, metals impact us, right? Having metal in your mouth, right, can like alter your body chemistry. Um the type of metal, you know, uh can alter your body chemistry. Also too these things can be used for positive, negative, and everything in between. So trying to manage one's good point. energies and, and, and neurological center and, you know, body chemistry, you know, this is, this is the balancing of drinking water. You know, why you, why you alkanize, right, your water, why you have to eat, mm-hmm. you know, certain combinations of you know, raw fruits and vegetables and what they do, you know, and things to avoid and seasons and why, um, you know, it's important to, you know, do deep breathing and, you know, be silent and meditation and get enough sleep. And, you know, there, there's all these, all these things that just like have an impact on us. And a lot of times, um, in the society that we're in, in this capitalist society that we're in, um, we get on the mouse wheel and it's like, okay, I got to go to work and I got to, I got to go to work cause I got to afford these things. 
And it's not that those things aren't important. It's just that, you know, where are our priorities? And then sometimes it's important to just recenter, to reprioritize, to just focus on what is actually important. Per per your life and what you want to do, because, man, oh, my God, I, I look back. It's so much stuff I used to think that was important. And I'm like, I have really time management and and my priorities. <sighs> Need this. Oh my God, I've come a long way. Not not done, but like, man, I used to put so much pressure on myself on stuff that had nothing to do with where I wanted to go. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm putting pressure on based on like other people's other people's perceptions, other people's problems. I'm mm. problem solving for other people when I need to be doing it for myself. Like, I don't know. Like, but when you realize what's important, like when you say, okay. These three, these three things are important to me, and it's going to take me six processes to do one of these things. Like, mm. I really don't have time to do X, Y, and Z, and you realize that that's not, that's not a bad thing. Like, mm. And I think that, that's a, like, all the things that we're talking about aren't the things that we have, like, conversations about, like, those little, you know, you go on panels, and I'm like, how did you, how did you make it? And they're like, well, you know, I made it. Blah, 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 blah. No, nowadays more people are like, well, I failed. It's, I had to become okay with failing. and So we're getting there as a society of being able to like not. I hate that word fail. Right, right, right. But we're. I, I prefer th- a word like challenge, struggle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fail is like, that sounds so final. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> it actually does. But the point I'm making is, like is that. Nobody don't want to mess it with used- you. <laughs> it used to be where you go on 106 in Park and they talk to an artist. They're talking to the artist about how great they are and how amazing they look. And mm-hmm. now it's more so people want to be more transparent because transparency is the cool. Tra- you know, I have my finger And it depends, up. right? Yeah. Like also, too, you know, um, people being transparent can make people not want to. That's true, too. Mess with them. And then that, that can that, cause depression. Yeah. But, you know, they, I just, sometimes I just think that these are the, I don't know, I enjoy so much talking to you because this type of stuff is therapy when you're, when you talk to someone else that tells you like, it's okay, like, you don't need to be on Wall Street or in a Lamborghini in a music video, like, you don't have to be, that. that's not who you have to be, believe in what you want to do and the struggles that you go through while you're trying to get there, that's okay. Like, and these are the things that, these are the things that can help you, giving you tools and resources to help you as you go through those things. Like, it's just like going to church. Like, church is not about to me, you going to necessarily learn new things. It's like you talking, the pastor talking to me like, dang, is you talking, is he talking to me? Like, and you being reminded of the same Bible verses that you've been learning for like the last five years, but because you're in a certain space, you needed those words. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. No, it's true. I don't know. And then one thing I wanted to mention, it's kind of like shifting because we've been on for like almost two hours, but you talked about um, people's identity and you talked a lot about like um, people feeling free to be themselves and 
things of that nature and knowing themselves and working on themselves. Like, I just want to say, like, I had you laughing last week at the rehearsal of African World Fest that you're getting ready for Mm -hmm. because I was, like, watching all those different women, all those different sizes practicing and walk. everybody had to, like, I've never been in that, like, type of environment where everyone had to, like, become unfiltered and be okay with, like, being critiqued. Like, like basically, you had Miss, um, that was Miss Corona, right? Mm-hmm. And then there were like, I'm assuming like designers that were like sitting at the, like the end and mm-hmm. the girls had to like walk to them, like, and literally look them in their eyes and mm-hmm. tell them their names mm-hmm. and then like walk in front of like, and I'm assuming that you, uh, assuming that to you that that was like nothing, like, because that's what they do I in mean, the fashion world. What, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the point I'm getting at is, is that that takes a lot of confidence mm. that takes a lot especially in this type of community of a fashion show where there's so many different types of shades mm-hmm. sizes mm-hmm. personalities um i'm assuming like women who model for all their life and then mm-hmm. some women who haven't you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. so i want to shout out to all them that are prepping for that because that takes a lot of self um determination to even practice and do something like that mm-hmm. and then Secondly, I want to just celebrate the fact that there were so many different shades of women there. Mm. And I mean, I know that's, you know, I don't mind reoccurring things that they're great. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I love the fact that all those women feel so comfortable in their skin. Um, And I had you laughing because I'm like, man, just being in here and just watching this makes me want to straighten my back up a little bit more and like (laughs) be okay to walk with confidence. And like my mom always says, sometimes... You have to fake it till you make it literally. Like mm. with, sometimes it's okay for you to be like, you know what, I feel this way, mm. but I'm not gonna allow it to ruin my day mm. or allow because sometimes if you look a certain way and then you start um someone asks you out of genuine, you know, maybe being genuine or not, like what's wrong? And then you start to, you know, tell them and it's some petty shit. Like now you you're in that negative energy that don't mm. need to be there. Now you bringing it on them. Like Sometimes it's okay to be like, all right, I was in a place, but I'm good. Let's talk about something positive. Like, Mm -hmm. so I say all that to say, like, that being in that space of seeing that self confidence, that determination, that um, being open in front of other people for what was that, like two hours last week, really helped me. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes, yeah, I don't know. So shout out to, shout out to what you guys are doing. I love it. Yeah, I'm really excited about our team. Yeah. It's coming together. Mm hmm. I'm like, wow. It's dope. Gonna, oh, I have so much to do. I've Brittany <laughs> saw my hundreds of pieces of paper that I have to do data entry. I have to enter everyone's information and mm-hmm. sizes. I made a web page with all the fashion show information for them. Oh, okay. That I cool. just update and I've sent it to them. I tell them to just check it periodically for updates. But um That sounds so fun. So I put all the info there. I made a um a Google form. For them to like input all their information so that I can have it all there, like all their, their, you know, information, their sizes and all that. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be so, oh, (laughs) I'm just really excited. Me Um, too. Great, great team. Really looking forward to it. But yeah, um, just ending off with the, uh, thinking about the mental health and the self care. And just like um, looking at like, you know, sometimes 
you know, that's another thing too, is sometimes um, we're taught that uh, our feeling not okay is like something wrong with us, but we're human beings. And so just like we're orbiting around, you know, uh, at this moment as we're, it seems as though we're sitting still, but we're actually moving and we're orbiting. And just like that's shifting, mm. there's, there's, there's an energetic shift that's actually happening. And it's important to understand that this is the moment that's now. And when the energy shifts, that's a different moment. And the life is about balance and every day is a new day. And even as sometimes traumatic or bad or terrible or wonderful, amazing, incredible as things may seem in that moment, that to me is my philosophy around the reason for celebration and ritual Mm. is to honor and appreciate that moment honor and appreciate those people honor and appreciate yourself honor and appreciate the creator um because moments are fleeting and sometimes we might be going through something and it's like really painful yeah and it feels like no one cares (laughs) i'm all by myself no one's listening to me i don't have anyone Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels like that. And then that's the the rain or the hail or the storm. And then the next day, the sun comes out. And you feel really good. Or you might notice a flower. Or you might notice something that you really didn't notice before that's, like, super wonderful. Or somebody so gave you a true. mango <laughs> and you cut it. And it was like, wow, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Or someone thought about you or someone helped you. And just understanding that life is about balance and it's up and down. We have all these ranges of emotions. You know, there's angry and sad and bitter and depressed. But then there's also happy and joyful and excited. And, you know, just I think another super wonderful practice Mm -hmm. is... Looking up um, the word range of emotions or naming Mm. emotions and like looking up all those emotions. And sometimes what I do is I just look at all the emotions and I try to figure out like what emotion am I feeling right now? What's the emotion I'm feeling? And then the other thing that I do, honestly, to try to keep myself balanced is get enough sleep, get enough water, get a bath. And, you know, in addition to all the self-help reading and mantras and mirror work but just be quiet sometimes people don't believe me because like you're always talking but uh, just be quiet sometimes and just still i believe and listen to my heartbeat listen to my breath i go outside in the mornings and i just appreciate the elements i appreciate the air the sun the water you know the spirit i appreciate the trees the land and sometimes I just put my hands into the grass or put my hands into the dirt or put my feet into the dirt or I put my feet 
you know, so sometimes it just, I just try to ground myself in something and, and just like appreciate, just be in a very appreciative and grateful state. Yeah. And I think that that, for me, that helps me to recalibrate. In addition to doing a whole bunch of other stuff like prayer and things like that, but that's your root. Yeah. And I think that for me, sometimes, you know, I acknowledge that in my family, that anxiety, depression and that type of thing is a is a thing. Mm-hmm. And I acknowledge that through time and many people in my family have fought against that. And I acknowledge that sometimes I can feel anxiety or depression coming, right? I could feel it like stirring. And what I do is I listen to my body and my body will tell me, oh, I'm about to feel anxious or I'm about to feel depressed. And I just tell my body like, well, that's okay. And then I acknowledge that like anxiety's there. I acknowledge that like slight depression might be there and then I try to acknowledge like well what did I eat today what Mm. did I do today have I drunk enough water have I gotten enough rest have I just closed my eyes and not taken in any like not read anything or looked at anything or have I gone to nature and put myself in nature have I you know um connected with the source, you know, type of thing. And for me, that is something that um, is a constant practice because I'm constantly coming in contact with people because I have to work with people, constantly having to read because I have to research, constantly having to check email because I'm an entrepreneur and I got to check my email, I got to respond to email, I got to do things, I got to, you know, so... I think making that time, uh, that's what my 5 a.m. is usually about, is making that time to center in spirit is so crucial to my personal, you know what I'm saying, health and well-being. And I notice a difference when um, I either oversleep or I have an early call time and I don't get to do like all of mm. that. Or I was so tired and I just went to bed and I didn't do my bath. Like I noticed, or if I didn't get enough water that day or eat enough fruit or I ate some French fries. <laughs> like I noticed the difference when I eat some French fries. I'm like, oh my God, I'm feeling depressed. You know? Um, I don't know. It's just the more and more and more of being quiet. And eliminating stuff, but the more and more and more in tune, then the more and more finite, you know, I get with recognizing when I make a minor shift and when my energy changes. And then looking at that and being and being in tune enough to say, okay, it's me. I my energy shifted or my energy needs to shift. I think that like, yeah, like that's something that's something that I'm constantly working on. You know what I'm saying? That's something that I'm constantly in. What do you call that? In like construction mode. You know what I'm saying? For self. 
you know making because mm-hmm. at the end of the day i think we're given this it seems as though we're given this um i don't know directive or something as if like and then when this happens then everything is gonna be successful <laughs> do you know what i'm saying yeah as if it's like this thing and it's like no, like the point is that we're continuing to live. So every day is different. And so it's about the journey. And so at a certain point, as we mature, we get to learn that, oh, no, this whole thing is a process and a journey. And it's important for us to appreciate this entire process and this entire journey. Yeah. So anyway, I just I want to that. I just want to give offer that, but we got to go. Time to get out of here. Brittany got to um get things going up for the elevator business. I'm just picking on you, but no, nah, it's all good. Yeah, so no, I'm, good. I'm getting excited about your pizza. I'm excited too. I, I utilized. I wanted to talk about that. It's so much stuff I want to happen this past week that I wanted to talk about, but this was so much better. Um, but I say all that to say I ordered a whole bunch of stuff on Amazon Prime, everything I needed. So that made me happy. Besides waking up today and seeing that they, so many of their employees went on strike, then I felt bad. Yeah, that's another thing. We'll talk about that another day. Right. Balance of capitalism and equity. Yeah, yeah. it is what it is. Um, well, <laughs> any last words? No, Pipe. This was good, man. This was a real good episode. Okay. We just well, ch- kicked it. You just have been listening to the Piper Carter podcast with my co-host, Brittany, the token millennial. <laughs> and um, keep listening to Detroit is Different. You can listen to Detroit is Different on DetroitIsDifferent.net. And that's where you can hear the podcast and learn about all of the podcasters as well as social media. Just look on Detroit is Different as well as Piper Carter. You can find me on pretty much all forms of social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, Vimeo. (laughs) What else you got? Um, It's probably like a black planet floating out there somewhere and probably like an AOL, AOL chat room days and probably like a, uh, it's so many icons uh what else do we have it's so many yahoo uh <laughs> hotmail unlimited icloud <laughs> but yeah check out the podcast on um apple podcast google play stitcher and spotify as well as other podcast channels and we'll see you next week peace Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. So you know that I had to write, that's why I get more sleep in between my sheets. Find nothing but clean linen, sinking deep enough, and you'll find another dimension. Attention to the truth, things when you do things, how you really feel when they mood change. Putting peace and love always above, how your thoughts are your power. Listen close.
Close ears are quiet, get louder. Floating on clouds and you fly away eagles. Watch this magic happen and you gotta feel the freedom of the float. Let me know, wanna take my people to another plane, another place, another level. Stay through all four seasons. Wish I had no reason. Well, we about you leaving, but it's always a reason. Cause you want nothing but the best. Say it with my chest and I look into your eyes and I hope you're feeling blessed. Cause you gotta spread a little love. Gotta watch it grow. Always sunshine in the clouds when it's snow. I say, spread a little love. Gotta watch it grow. Always sunshine in the clouds when it's snow. I say, spread a little love. Gotta watch it grow. Cause it's always sunshine in the clouds when it's snow. One love. 